The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plane talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his directions. Bernie knows his way around, and so I always It's do Sunday, 4 o'clock. And what does that mean? It means it's the best hour in radio of the week. It is the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and this week we're live, absolutely live. 651-289-4488. Jot it down. You probably already have it on your yellow pad, but... Jot it down, if not, 651-289-4488, and give us a call, and uh, have your voice heard. Ask a question. Get the opinion and the back and forth, the hurly-burly of public policy discussion going each Sunday, 4 to 5. And it replays on Freedom 1570. Yes, the Victory Hour replays, if you miss us, from 4 to 5 on 1280 a.m., The Patriot, you can get us on Freedom 1570 from 6 to 7 every Sunday. And we talk politics, Israel, and the law. And the interface of all of those, uh, the interconnection of them, we will be discussing today on the important issue of anti-Semitism in the United States but also around the world. And digging into it a little bit deeper, we are going to be joined today by a good friend of mine and uh, one who is doing some very important work for the American Jewish Committee, and that is Jacob Milner, Associate Director of the Department of Regional Offices for the AJC, will be joining us on the Victory Hour to talk about the recent survey conducted by the American Jewish Committee regarding anti-Semitism in America. And many of you have a sense of anti-Jewish rhetoric, anti-Semitism, and hate because you see stories now and again about it. But do you fully understand the impact of it? And I bet there are a number of incidents, many horrific incidents, uh, that are not reported or talked about around the world uh, here in the United States. Not talked about. Recent incidents in the state of Israel. As you know, if you listen to the show at all, And I thank you once again for joining in, all you regular listeners. Uh, So I don't need to tell you this, but some of you are listening for the first time. Uh, You know that, in fact, Jews around the world have been hit with an onslaught of anti-Semitism like has not been felt since the 1930s in Europe. 
And in fact, there is but one Jewish state in the world. And you wonder why it is so coveted and critical to the Jewish people beyond the biblical connection to the land of Israel. Thousands of years of connection, uninterrupted, in fact, even during the exiles. And why is it that Israel is so important to the Jewish people? Well, it is the single and only. And it is that connection to the Torah, to the biblical land of Israel that only the Jews have. Although the Jews allow for, and in fact are open in full freedom and equality to all faiths coming to the land of Israel and being a part of that critical area in the world for so many. So if you look at Israel and anti-Semitism launched about Israel, toward Israel, Jewish hatred that comes out of it, people trying to hide it by claiming, oh, no, we we have nothing against Jews. We're not anti-Semitic. We are simply anti-Israel, the Israeli government and Israeli government policies. Well, I remind you, the democratically elected Israeli government, perhaps the most democratic country in the world in terms of the manner in which its representatives are elected. They speak for the people like few other governments anywhere. And so to separate it out and to say, oh, no, it's, it's only about policy, uh, it can often be seen, particularly when you're talking about the hypocrisy of it, uh, because of the treatment of other countries with a double standard uh, against Israel. Others do the same, ignored, not called out, nearly, the state of Israel is. So, as we enter into our discussion about anti-Semitism with Associate Director of the American Jewish Committee joining us today, I want to give you a little background. Uh, prior to World War II, there were an estimated approximately, round numbers, 18 million Jews in the world. Some say 17, but... I think it was closer to 18 million. Uh, Post-World War II, that number dropped due to the murder of Jews in Europe, in large part, but even beyond. Uh, to That number dropped to between 11 and 12 million. It has still not, even this many years after, nearly 100 years, about 90, 80 years after, uh, the Jewish population in the world is now less than, still less than 15 million. It's about 14.7 to 15 million. 
million. And just to give you a sense of how small that is, uh, that is less than two-tenths of one percent of the world population. And it is hundreds upon hundreds of times less than the population of Christianity, each Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, the other four major religions in the world. And Jews have a homeland, as I said, one homeland in the entire world, one country and only one, that is the size of a bit less than the state of New Jersey, the entirety of the country. Despite that, Jews are on the front page of newspapers worldwide almost daily. Oftentimes, for great acts that they have taken or innovation or ideas or helping in catastrophes being the first on scene repeatedly as they have an operation that is like 911 in the world. When a catastrophe occurs, they're there. Like few other countries, they're there. This little country, this little sliver, And I could list uh, a list as long as your arm of such catastrophes, devastations, tsunamis, earthquakes, and the like. Uh, So you read about that. You read about innovation, as I said, invention. Uh, You read about horrific occurrences to the Jews, the Jewish people, to the state of Israel. But oftentimes you'll read about the response that the Israelis engage in after complete destruction of their kids, of their kindergartens, of their buses, of their civil society through rockets, through suicide bombings, through direct attacks. You'll read oftentimes about the response as if the Jews, the Israelis, shouldn't respond. But now it has gone beyond that. The hatred and vilification of Israel in the world community, in the UN, in country upon country in Europe, Asia, Africa, across the world, the hatred and vilification of the Jews, starting with those in Israel, and particularly, again, at the U.N., is resulting in anti-Semitism growth like we have never seen before. And shootings and killings and, and, and people with, you know, uh, involved in hate crimes. Just this past week, shootings in Los Angeles against uh, two Jews, two separate incidents coming from a synagogue, the other wearing a kippah, killed. Why? Because they're Jewish. Not killed, but shot. Thank God, not killed. Shootings in Jerusalem uh, back a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Killing seven horrific murders 
a 21-year-old carrying this out, and a 13-year-old, a 13-year-old shooting and injuring badly others. And you know about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You know about the Tree of Life synagogue and the murder of 11. Right here in the United States, Colleyville, Texas, the hostage-taking that occurred there. Right here in the United States, against Jews, why? Because they're Jews. So we're going to talk about this growth of anti-Semitism. And we're going to talk about it plainly, frankly. The growth of anti-Semitism in the black community is horrific. And I'm going to speak about that. And I'm not going to shy away from it. Because it's about the black community. It is. And it's real. We talk about racism on this show often. Whether it's systemic or not systemic, it's horrific. No doubt. Whether it's systemic or not, it's horrific. But that does not give a pass to the black community and its leaders to stop anti-Semitism in that in in uh, their families, in their structures, in the culture. We'll be back with Jacob Milner to talk about anti-Semitism in America. It is rearing its ugly head. I'm sure you've been talking about it for weeks already. We're going to bring it to the fore on the Victory Hour. Go to ParkerDK.com during this short break. We'll be right back. Sunday and every Sunday, four to five, you can also go to the Andrew Parker podcast and you'll find hundreds of episodes of the Victory Hour. Uh, today, we have special guest and my good friend Jacob Milner of the American Jewish Committee, associate director with the Department of Regional Offices for the AJC and uh, director for the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Jacob Milner, welcome to the Victory Hour. Thank you for having me, Andy. It's always good to see you. You said this was the best Sunday or the best hour on the Sunday. And I say anytime I get to talk to you is is the best hour. (laughs) Thank you, Jacob. (laughs) That's why I always love having you on. So we're we're talking about, we want to talk today about, uh, as I mentioned in the first segment, uh, anti-Semitism, but more so the American Jewish Committee's work as it relates to anti-Semitism and the survey that it does, I believe, annually yep. uh, regarding anti-Semitism and the views of anti-Semitism uh, in America. Jacob, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about the American Jewish Committee, its work, its purpose, mission. Absolutely. Uh, and again, Andy, it's great to be on. It's great to be on. I think I've been on two or three times now, so it's always a, a pleasure and an honor to be with you. Um, but AJC, for those of you who don't know, it's one of the older uh, uh, communal Jewish institutions. It's been around for over 110 years now. Uh, and uh, it's really the leading organization of uh, global Jewish advocacy. Uh, we work from city halls to the U.S. Capitol to the U.N. 
uh, in world capitals around the around the world. Uh, and we really have a mission. Um, I uh, really have a mission that's really aimed at fighting anti-Semitism and, and all forms of hate, strengthening Israel's place in the world, and defending human rights and democratic values. That, that in a nutshell, is really the work of AJC. Um, Couldn't have more important work than that, in my judgment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, we've got 24 offices in the United States, um, about a dozen around the world, obviously an office in Israel as well. And uh, we are trying to uh, really... Uh, shed a light on 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 the rise of anti-semitism because it's like you said it's such an important issue right now and we're seeing such such numbers that we've never seen in your lifetime or mine um right now in this country so tell us about the uh the survey uh the work that is done by ajc to get this information and and then we'll talk about uh what was uh most recently found through uh discussions with americans so after uh, Pittsburgh, so four years ago, this is the fourth annual survey, fourth annual survey that, that we've done. Uh, we thought it was a good idea to survey not just the Jewish community's attitudes on anti-Semitism in the United States, but also the general population to see what's really going on. As you said earlier, uh, and I think it surprises a lot of people, there's not that many Jews in the world. There's not that many Jews in the United States, about six million, give or take, depending on what you're looking at, um, out of what, 330 million Americans now. Uh, and about 15, 16 million around the world. So there's not that many Jews in the world. Uh, and we actually found, interestingly, that about 34%, so over 100 million Americans, have no relationships with any Jews. They don't know any Jews. They don't have any personal relationships with any Jews. And I think that's important to talk about as well when we delve deeper into these numbers, is that a big chunk of the American population, like I said, over 100 million Americans, have no personal relationships with, with Jews. Um, so after the uptick in violence that we really saw over the past three, four, five years, we thought it was important to uh, not just to see what American Jews were thinking, um, and but also see what the general population is thinking and really compare, compare those two numbers. And the, the results um, that we can talk, we're going to talk about more today, and that you can see uh, if you go to our website, www.ajc.org, the survey uh, results are there, are really startling uh, when you see how the how American Jews feel, which is distressed, scared. Um, there's a lot of fear right now in the American Jewish community. But you also see within the general population how uh, over the years, knowledge of anti-Semitism has increased. There's been a very good campaign uh, to really heighten people's awareness of anti-Semitism, to help people call it out. But the numbers still need a lot of work. And we're seeing more and more, as we see more and more incidents, it's important that we really help hammer home uh, for Jews and non-Jews, uh, the importance of identifying anti-Semitism, of reporting anti-Semitism, and educating people on anti-Semitism. You know, hate and hate crimes toward any people uh, is is horrific and an anathema to what the United States and any country really should be about in coming together and eliminating division. Well, division has been the watchword in the United States. Uh, over the last several years, since uh, before Barack Obama, certainly, but he put it on steroids. And I've said this a number of times on this show uh, that I believe he was the divider in chief. It was a primary component of his, uh, both of his elections and of his administrations. Uh, but this sort of division and, uh, and the, the hate crimes whether they come from the left or the right, uh, 
And by the way, those on the right, the far right, have long been uh, uh, those that build hatred and division in uh, the world. Fascism uh, is at the fore of that. However, it comes full circle, and fascism and communism really do uh, come together in that circle of hate. And unfortunately, the left, which been, has, has been traditionally, historically liberal thought, has been contrary and against uh, this sort of hate and division, is now fueling it. We have a caller, Mike, from uh, Minneapolis with a question. Uh, Mike, go ahead. You're on the Victory Hour. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, what is the difference, or is there no difference, between fascism, communism, <laughs> and socialism? And is there any truth to there being a large Nazi um, infiltration of the Ukrainian uh, battalions? our troops. Thank you, Mike, for the question. Uh, you know, right on cue, as, as, I, as I was in indicating, you have geopolitical uh, uh, attitudes, opinions, movements. Uh, they've been given names over the many years. Fascism, communism, fascism on the far right communism on the far left, totalitarianism at the foundation of both. And that really is what is important. You can call people fascists, you can call them communists, but they are both trying to control. And if you disagree with them, you are thrown in, in, in prison or worse, uh, is what often ends up happening. Threat, uh, threats and fear are used against people. And that is happening here in the United States. It's happening, you know, with the cancel culture is just one example. But fascism and communism are all a part of that process, and they come full circle to connect. Jacob, your thoughts? Well, I think it's, inter it's an interesting question um, about fascism and communism, but I think the way we can connect this really to anti-Semitism is that anti-Semitism really when you really dig down to what it is at its core, it's really just a conspiracy theory. And that's why it's so malleable, uh, no matter where you find yourself in the world. If you're in a country with no Jews, there's still oftentimes anti-Semitic conspiracies that exist. Uh, so if you're a communist, and you saw this in, in, in Soviet Russia, you know, Jews were behind the internet, were the capitalists. Right. They were behind international banking and all of this. If you're, if you're, if you're, uh, in a capitalist country, and you saw this, you see, saw it in the United States, you know, Jews are Bolsheviks, they're communists. It doesn't matter, uh, really, because... Or they, you know, or they control the capital. Or they control the... Oh, exactly. Or there's the next level, they control the capitalists. So the, the thing about anti-Semitism, when you dig down, it's really ultimately just a conspiracy theory. You think that there's another group out there, in this case, the Jews, that is basically... The, uh, that are basically the puppet master that it's controlling whatever it is that you don't like to see. So if it's, if, if, if you're a capitalist, it's communism, if you're communism, it's capitalism. Uh, and I think that is one of the, the, the tricks of antisemitism and the reason it's so pervasive over the centuries and millennia, really. Yeah, it, it is. And it has been uh, for thousands of years uh, to your second question, Mike, regarding uh, the Ukraine last week. And if you weren't able to, uh, 
be with us last week. We uh, were on the air with Zhenya Kipperman, who spoke about the Ukraine. He spoke uh, as a kindred spirit with the Ukraine and the Ukrainian people, uh, having been from Ukraine and his family being from Ukraine. One of the lines we talked about is that each culture has a right to their own scoundrels. And there are scoundrels in the Ukraine. And I use that word, it's actually a light word compared to who they are. Many uh, helped the Nazis during World War II, and those strains of Ukrainians are certainly still there. Uh, There's no question. Do we paint the entire nation with that brush? I think that would be uh, unfair. But there certainly are strains that are in the Ukraine. Uh, again, does that mean we take sides with the Russians over the Ukrainians? No. Uh, does that mean that we uh, create World War III out of the Russian-Ukrainian war? That's a debate and a policy uh, discussion that's going on today. But in terms of whether the Ukrainians have many uh, very good people, yes, they do, but like each country, each culture, there are serious questions and issues uh, that abound regarding the worst uh, in their culture. And there's no doubt that the Ukrainians during World War II, certainly, and there are vestiges that still exist there, uh, uh, are some of the worst in anti-Semitics around the world. We're talking with uh, Jacob Milner of the American Jewish Committee. We're talking about anti-Semitism, and we're going to be back after this short break, and we're going to continue the discussion and talk more specifically about the recent survey that was done by the AJC. You'll be very interested to learn about some of the results, maybe surprised regarding some of the results and the magnitude of fear resulting from anti-Semitism and the breadth and scope of anti-Semitism here in the United States. Make sure to stay with us. Go to parkerdk.com during this short break, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's the Victory Hour. Talk politics, Israel, and the law every week, every Sunday from 4 to 5. Best hour in radio of the week. Brought to you by Parker Daniels, keyboard, wise counsel, winning results. I'm Andrew Parker, and we are joined today talking about anti-Semitism and the rise, the great rise, uh, and, and one that is beyond uh, what anyone would expect, particularly in 2023, uh, particularly since the renaissance of having elected a black president in Barack Obama. You would think that uh, we have now realized that attacking people for what they believe in or what they look like or their identity or faith would be an anathema to American culture. But it got worse, not better. And that's what we're seeing. We're joined by Jacob Milner of the American Jewish Committee. 
and Jacob, tell us about the survey and some of the most critical uh, things that you, we learned from the discussions. Yeah. So um, like you said, the survey, some of the numbers are, are, are disturbing. They're damning. I think the ones that really stand out to me are that nine in 10 American Jews believe that anti-Semitism is a very serious problem in this country. And I think, you know, speaking as a Jew to you, Andy, and you're also Jewish, getting 90% of the American Jewish population to agree on anything. <laughs> yeah, that's for is sure. In itself, uh, is in itself uh, pretty amazing. So nine in 10 American Jews believe it is a serious problem in this country. And four out of five American Jews think it's gotten worse over the past five years. So if people tell you otherwise, you know, the American Jewish community is really feeling it. And I think that's an important thing to understand is that that the that the American Jewish community is 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 frightened and they're scared and they and they don't understand what's going on, but they know that anti-Semitism is on the rise. Um, I think the the next stat that really stands out is that forty one percent of American uh, or forty percent of American Jews, I should say, uh, have changed their behavior over the past year. Uh, because of anti-Semitism. So that could mean, uh, you know, not wearing a Star of David out in public or taking off a kippah or avoiding an event or not going to services or skipping something uh, because out of fear of anti-Semitism. And I think you should really let that sink in. 40% or 38% of American Jews, four out of 10 American Jews in the past year have have modified their behavior in some way. You know, it's shocking. The freedom capital of the world, the United States of America, this is happening. Exactly. And I think, you know, to add on to that, American Jews are feeling very insecure. 41%, Andy, of American Jews surveyed. And I want to say that this survey uh, was the largest ever survey of both the American Jewish and non-Jewish population as it pertains to anti-Semitism in particular. But 41% of American Jews, Andy, uh, feel less secure about their status in the United States today than they did a year ago. Uh, And that's a 10% increase over last year. Well, you can add one to that because I am going to be starting my my own look and uh, assessment and analysis of property in the state of Israel because of my insecurity here in the United States. I don't know what direction. Uh, this country is going as it relates to, uh, you know, being a part of the country as an American Jew. Well, it's, I mean, you bring up a very good point, and I know you're not the only uh, American Jew to think that way, but the numbers bear out, as you said, 41%, that's four in 10 American Jews feel less secure about their status in this country than they did a year ago. And I think that we really need to hammer that point home. Uh, especially to the non-Jewish community, like as we've that we've said is 98% of the American community, uh, that the American Jewish community is not doing okay. Uh, they're afraid, they're feeling the pinch of anti-Semitism, they're seeing anti-Semitism more and more. 69% of American Jews, that's seven out of 10, Andy, have experienced anti-Semitism on social media in the past 12 months either being the victim of anti-Semitism or seeing anti-Semitism. And it is now not just coming from the right, which it has come from for decades. And, you know, people crawling out from under their rock with crazy David Duke comments about Jews. And, you know, they're they're shoved to the side. They're pushed down. They are not a part of the Republican Party, but they were a part of it. And and they got shut 
down. Now they still come back up now and again, now and again, no doubt about it. And they have uh, more recently. But now you also see it on the far left. And it has now come into the U.S. Congress and comments being made in the U.S. Congress. And, and that regularizes it. That creates some common nature to it. And that is a real problem when it becomes acceptable. We've got a caller from St. Paul, uh, Mike, who'd like to uh, get involved in the discussion. Mike from St. Paul, you're on the Victory Hour. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, wow, you're hitting uh, hitting my buttons here today. So under the heading of uh, Divider in Chief, do you recall that he would not even refer to Israel as Israel? He, he was referring it to as some ancient region. I believe it involves Syria and uh, something like the, the Leviathan or... Yeah. The name is the name is the Levant, me, but, the Levant. Yeah, the Levant. Thank you. Yes. So that was telling me uh, a lot of what I needed to know about that character. And then locally, well, we have uh, one of the biggest anti-Semites in, in leadership right in our midst. So how, how is it that the West End of Ilhan's district, why are they voting for her? Because even if she got all of the Somali vote or black vote or whatever you call, she still couldn't win. And then you got Dean Phillips, who just stood up on the floor a couple weeks ago and vouched for her. So Yeah, I, thanks, I mean, uh, Mike. That's Mike from St. Paul. Thank you very much for the comments. And they're important comments. Uh, you know, we some of the facts we, we, we can drill into, but... Uh, Barack Obama, his his use and shifting of the narrative and the use of language, uh, not so much as it relates to Levant, which the Levant is a region, an area involving, including, I should say, Syria and Lebanon and and some parts beyond, uh, was uh, for a long period of time called the Levant. So his use of that. Uh, maybe isn't so problematic, but his use of terms, you know, he wouldn't call uh, terrorists terrorists, uh, murderers of uh, Jewish children and the elderly and citizens. He, he, wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't call terrorists for a long, long period of time. And he took votes in the U.N. that never in the history of the United States have been taken in the U.N. against uh, the state of Israel, setting aside the fact that he... Uh, pushed to the nth degree this horrific Iran deal, giving billions, hundreds of billions to uh, the Iranians uh, for them to wreak more and more havoc. But beyond that, talking about Ilhan Omar, uh, she has now uh, apologized a little too, too little too late, uh, and her apology is questionable in any event. Uh, but she is getting elected by not by the African-American community, not by the Somali community, and not by those in the western suburbs. She is getting elected by uh, Caucasian white voters in the city of Minneapolis who are hard left and who apparently feel guilt for something uh, because she doesn't do a good job for them. Uh, She doesn't work hard as members of Congress should, but mostly she is a divider. And uh, she is one who has expounded uh, screeds that uh, Jacob knows only too well. 
Another quick comment about the survey, Jacob, before we take another quick break. Well, I think that uh, I know we need to take a break here. And I just want to say that, you know, the survey really shows how anti-Semitism has really seeped into all facets of American life. Uh, and it comes from all directions. The Jewish community sees it from the far left and the far right. They see it in the name of Islam occasionally. They see it coming in all different directions. And I think the important thing to understand here uh, is that how Jews are recognizing anti-Semitism. And then and we can talk more about it after the break, about things we can do to help to you know, fix this and hopefully move forward to a better future. That's Jacob Milner, Associate Director at the American Jewish Committee. We'll be right back after this short break on the Victory Hour, talking about anti-Semitism in America and around the world, the very distressing and despicable growth of anti-Semitism and Jewish hatred uh, that uh, we're experiencing now, in particular right here at home. Make sure to stay with us. We'll be right back. Go to ParkerDK.com during this short break. Stay tuned. Parker, and we're joined today by our special guest and good friend of the show, Jacob Milner, Associate Director with the American Jewish Committee. Jacob, uh, we've been talking about the survey this year done by the AGC regarding anti-Semitism in the United States and the thoughts of Jews and non-Jews alike. Some additional Ideas, backdrop related to the survey, uh, Jacob? Yeah. So one of the things we did with this survey, and I know we're running low on time here, um, and I do encourage everyone to go to www.ajc.org, where you can see the full survey, the Jewish response, the general public response, and then the comparisons, is we really looked at uh, campus, which is a whole, we could fill hours of campus attitudes, which are also not good. We looked at workplace attitudes, how Jews are feeling in the workplace. And we looked at Holocaust education, all of which there's, it's troubling in all the different sectors. Um, Jews on campus feel alienated uh, and targeted. Jews in the workplace are often feeling alienated and targeted uh, and um, knowledge of the Holocaust. Now that we're, like you said, about 80 years out from the end of World War II uh, is waning. And I think, and it's important to understand uh, that Holocaust education is important, is, is, is important, uh, is important and shouldn't be forgotten. Um, one of the things AJC put together is a call to action I want to draw everyone's attention to. Uh, and what it is, is it recognizes the need for a holistic approach to combating anti-Semitism in this country. And so it, there's, it's broken down into different segments, uh, government, social media, uh, education, law enforcement, et cetera. Uh, you can take a look there and see some ideas about ways to engage with um, uh, officials and, and, and others to talk about anti-Semitism to try to uh, help you know, mitigate what we're seeing across the country. You know, one of the worst situations that we're facing is it starts in K-12 education and the fight that Jews have had to have to maintain a discussion of Judaism, a discussion of anti-Semitism, a discussion of the Holocaust in these primary years. 
But then it gets uh, really horrific when you get to higher education. And what is happening on U.S. campuses to Jewish kids who are on campus being shouted down, uh, their views and attitudes being attacked, being singled out and bullied? Yeah, and the survey bears that out. 21% of Jews on campus, so 18 to 22, avoid wearing or carrying things that can identify them as being Jewish. And 20 per 18%, one in five, have felt uncomfortable or unsafe at a campus event because they're Jewish. That's disgraceful. Yeah. Nothing but. Agreed, Agreed, 100%. (laughs) Uh, It it is a serious uh, and growing problem and the need for helping college students and K-12 as well, as you mentioned, um, uh, is growing. Uh, It's it's a huge task. And I'm I'm, uh, two observations regarding that. Number one, it stems from the hatred of the state of Israel that is allowed and the lies and the outright misinformation that is being discussed while shutting down any other equal opportunity discussions. Anti-Semites are being allowed to speak openly on campus about the state of Israel without a counterpoint. I am not saying that you, and you know me, that I would never say that you shut down opposite opinions, but you have to have both opinions. And And that is not happening on our campuses. uh, Issues of anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism on college campus are a huge issue, as you said. And I will say that we did ask in the survey about various anti-Semitic tropes. Again, you can see them online. But one of them we asked was, uh, is the statement that the state of Israel has no right to exist anti-Semitic? And I believe 90 percent of American Jews uh, said that, yes, it was an anti-Semitic statement. So um, I'm not saying that you can't criticize the Israeli government. That's perfectly okay. But when it seeps into um, uh, saying that Israel has no right to exist or using a different imagery, Nazi imagery, or blaming all Jews for uh, actions of the Israeli government, that's where you really see this. And on college campuses in particular, you're seeing, as you said, this really go unchecked a lot of the time. And I'll tell you, college campuses are a bastion of the liberal left, and they are allowing this to happen, oftentimes supporting it in its happening. And I'll come right out and say it. And all my friends on the left can yell and scream, but it's a reality. When you have murders going on to the enormous extent in the black community and beyond in the city of Chicago, and liberals have been running that city for decades upon decades, you don't look to the conservatives and blame them for the problem. The liberals have been running those institutions in Chicago. And the liberals have been running college campuses for decades upon decades, and they have been doing very little, if anything, about anti-Semitism. It's not a wonder that we have this enormous problem. What about beyond college campuses, uh, Jacob? You know, we're looking, we asked the questions about workplace um, and we saw similar answers, by the way, 22% of people in their workplace. So a quarter uh, were uh, avoided expressing their views about Israel. Um, A a high number would not wear things that would identify them as being Jewish or they felt unsafe or uncomfortable talking about their Jewishness at the workplace. It seeped into the mainstream of American society, which is is really sad because most of my adult life, that hasn't been the case. 
Yes, now what we're seeing now is is certainly um, different than what we've seen uh, at any time in this country over the past several decades. Thank you very, very much to Jacob Milner, Associate Director. Go to AJC.org, AJC.org. You can get the full survey, and Jacob will have you on again soon. For all of you out there, next week, Congressman uh, Michelle Fishbach will be on the Victory Hour. Join us, and until then, have a great week. Until next time, he leaves you with these words from Winston Churchill. All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope.